Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at icloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. I am here today to pull back the curtains of all human secrets. You know, the ones we hide from ourselves deep down inside that we never tell a living soul and we're probably going to go to our deathbed with. Or the other secrets that are silly, embarrassing, and you just don't want people to know about them. You know, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. So today my guest is Jill. So Jill, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Uh, My secret is that I uh, burn or cut. Started off with cutting and then went more to burning. So if you look at my arms, you can see uh, different sort of shapes and things on my arms. Um, Some of it was intended to look that way and some of it just sort of worked out that way. And unfortunately, uh, lean on hurting myself sometimes when I'm not feeling well. Wow. So when did this start? The first recollection I have of it was uh, in first grade. I remember cutting myself. I remember a, a tiny Swiss army knife and I was hiding under a bench, cutting the tops of my hands uh, because I didn't want to go to school. And I don't know really what it meant or why I was doing it. I just remember doing it. Now, you said you didn't want to go to school. I'm just, why, do you remember why you didn't want to go to school? Was there something going on? I, I mean, to the things that I can remember that may have triggered this kind of behavior was, uh, one, my next door neighbor's mom passed away. So my next door neighbor was my age. Like I said, first grade, they went on a vacation and um, they were hit by a drunk driver and the mom died. Uh, and so uh, I was completely then afraid. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, no, no. I was completely terrified of losing my parents. Um, And so leaving them meant, you know, like I might not see them again. Um, And then the only, the other thing that I think may have triggered it is, um, you know, it wasn't until third grade that I learned uh, that I had a learning disability and that I didn't learn like the other kids. Um, And so the first grade teacher that I had, um, unfortunately, oftentimes told me that I was stupid. And, uh, you know, that, that's not a fun place for a kid to go off to every day with uh, an adult that, you know, isn't very nice to you. Well, I don't know if you know this. I also have a learning disability, but really bad where I couldn't read. And I hated school when someone called me stupid. It was like a dagger in my heart. And it made me definitely like go into myself and a fear of people. Is that what you felt after having that experience? Like you just wanted to like hide or not be you anymore? Because I had that. Yeah, I it was it was sort of weird. So I excelled at sports. And so like, I've always been a confident person. Um, and 
I'm not, I know I'm not stupid. Like I, I can pick things up quickly. I just have to, to do the thing. I can't. Um, so my learning disability is with retaining information and comprehension. And so like, if you tell me to read something and then tell you how many purple cats there were, like, I don't remember. Mm. Uh, it's not from not trying. It's just, that's just not how my brain works. But if you give me a piece of paper and let me color in the cats, then I'll, you know, remember exactly what it was. So I think adults are supposed to protect kids. And for being that young, an adult telling you that you're not smart. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, like I was confident in, in, in other ways. And also my parents like always told me that I was special and a good kid. And so I think, you know, having good friends and, and family around me, like always sort of like kept my head bubbling, you know, uh, sort of treading water sort of above the, the wave. Um, because it, had it not been for that, like, you know, having an adult tell you that you're stupid, I think can sure make you feel stupid. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it, it does. Now going back to that first time in first grade, um, do you remember the feeling you got after you cut yourself with that Swiss army knife? Uh, I don't, I can't say that I do. Um, I, no. Do you remember like later doing it and how it progressed down the line? Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, it made me feel like in power of the situation because I felt like I didn't have any power about going to school or what it was that I was upset about. Just like whether it be about school or a relationship or whatever it is in the world that I was feeling sad about, this was something that I did have power over, which was like feeling pain in my own way, which was burning or cutting myself. Mm. So doing that behavior, did you tell anybody how long did it go on? Did your parents know? No, I mean, and to be honest, I, I wear uh, long sleeve shirts. Like, you know, when I was a kid, it, they were, they were much less um, defined. And so it may look like a, a scrape or a scratch. Um, and then I would wear, you know, a long sleeve shirt. So people couldn't see me when I'm in the office, you know, present time, always wear long sleeve shirts. And if it's, if it is just ragingly hot outside, like I might wear a short sleeve shirt, but then I like quickly get questions and I put a long sleeve shirt on. So no, I didn't I didn't share it. I definitely didn't share it growing up. I mean, it's not something I'm like proud of or that I feel like I know even know how to talk about it. Right. No, I get I get it. I mean, when we do stuff to ourselves, the reason like I inflicted pain on myself in an emotional way is because I felt so empty and out of control in life. I mean, we have control over nothing. And it seems like this was what you did to have some kind of control over. That's a, I think that's the most perfect way of putting it, to be honest, like this out of control world. This is something that I could control. I think that's a very beautiful way of, of putting it. So when you talk about this secret that you've been holding, I love to think I love to think on the seven deadly sins, right? So we have pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, sloth. Is this behavior, is any of those attached and why for you? I would have to like read them to be honest with you. Here, we'll do one at a time. Pride. Uh, It definitely isn't a prideful action. Um, Like, I mean, like we talked about, it's a, it's a way to, to express how you're feeling, but it's, it's, you know, an inward sort of expression. Um, it's not an external pride. So I look, I have no idea why I do things. <laughs> I just know that like, it feels good at the time. And like, it feels like that's how I'm going to resolve whatever it is that I'm going through. So, and I don't, you know, like 
I don't tell my partner when I do it, she quickly finds them mm-hmm. uh, because that's just what partners do. They know what, you know, they, they know your body. Um, and so, you know, she asks questions and one of the bigger reasons why I don't do it as often, but yes, it is. A, it's a very personal, selfish, um, action. Let's go back. Let's go to your partner then. What was the first time she noticed are you guys had the conversation and you share that part of you with her? I don't remember the very first time that we talked about them, but she has asked, you know, quite a few times just to, you know, why and, 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 you know, are there other things that we can do to, to have you put your energy in a different way? And like, I exercise all the time. I do yoga, I paint, like I, I, I have other outlets. It's just, this is something like, like we said, very personal, but she just hates it. The one thing she says to me is like, would, how would you feel if I did that to myself? Like you're in such pain, like help me, help me help you talk with you through this convert. Yeah. Through this, like, um, but she, she absolutely hates it. Yeah. I mean, she's watching her loved one hurt themselves physically and that, I do. I will talk about like, I do know a friend of a friend when he was in pain, he would literally go in the closet and like hit himself with a belt. And that's kind of what it's clicking in my head. It's like causing yourself physical pain because you want to get out of the emotional pain. It's that it's that's so right. I mean, even even when I'm not doing that, like I found myself yesterday, I was I was in traffic and I was sort of agitated and I was just bending my fingers back as hard as I could because like I didn't want to be aggravated and frustrated in the situation that I was it wasn't just about traffic but like there were other things going on in my head but like yes there are other um things that I do that you're right you just let me breathe for a second like in my head just give me give me a second and so if I can put pain on my fingers or my arms or something, then my head doesn't go as fast as it you know normally would. And it's just a release. It's just a breath for a second. Yeah. No, I mean, when you're talking now, it's taking me back to when I would act out in my addiction, you know, and it was that moment of just like being out of myself and feeling this kind of high or release. But then the problem is, it's going to come back. And it's till we get to like the core of why we do these things to hurt ourselves. Have you you thought about going to therapy or going to like a group? There are groups for that kind of behavior. Have you ever considered? Um, I've definitely done therapy probably for most of my life, starting (laughs) with um, the the first grade uh, when my neighbor's mom died. Like that's what sort of all started therapy. My parents really didn't know what to do with me because I was so just like, wouldn't part from them. Um, but you know what, Brian, I think it's a really great idea to look into a group therapy where people are having same, um, situation, same thought. I, I honestly would really love to have that conversation. While while my partner is amazing and such a great listener and wants the best for me, like she wants to understand, but I don't understand. So I would love to you know, talk to like people who, um, you know, share this. Well, I definitely, I have to tell you the moment I walked into the rooms for me and heard other people tell my story, and especially people that are nothing like me, it was this, the most amazing feeling of like, I am not alone. I am not broken. 
Yeah. I just don't have the tools to deal with what my mind is telling me. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely has to do with tools in your toolkit of how to get through stuff without drinking or cutting yourself or, or, you know, finding shopping or eating or sex uh, or all of it, all those all kind of, of isms. Yeah. And, and I know that no partner for me, my husband cannot fix that part of me. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. One person cannot do it. Yeah. And it's not the root cause doesn't have anything to do with them. Right. And so, you know, and they can be great listeners and, and, and help you um, find the tools that you need, but ultimately like, you know, the root cause is somewhere embedded in you that um, you're trying to escape. Yeah. It's that hole. I always call it just that empty hole that can never be quite filled with anything. Yeah. So when you looking at it now, who do you think has benefited from this behavior in secret or harmed? Uh, Well, I don't think anyone's benefited from it. I mean, I have, you know, all kinds of battle wounds on me. Um, uh, Can I just say, though, right this second, something in you a long time ago had to do that to survive whatever you were going through. It just doesn't serve you anymore. So I like to say, like, yes, it didn't. It benefited me to survive in the world that I was in at the time. I think that's incredibly wise, like, because there's nothing you can do about um, that being your action or that being your way to survive. But with the proper tools and the proper people in your life and a different way of thinking, you should be able to escape it or you should you should find other outlets for it, for sure. So who has it harmed? Uh, I mean, myself. Yeah. And I, I think it it harms I think when loved ones see my arms, it, it harms them. It hurts their heart. You know, I, when I, the, the very, very few people that I have told about it, like that breaks their heart immediately. And I don't need it to break their heart. You know, it's just, um, just the kindness of, of someone saying, I had no idea that you were hurting. Um, yeah. So. I had no idea you were hurting. <laughs> I, and I recognize that pain cause I felt it and just, I just acted out in a different way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter how you acted out. They're all, you know, it's all people suffering. And so, um, I do try and be kind outward, um, because you don't know what people are going through and that little smile or wave or how are you doing? I hope you're having a great day. Like it means everything to people. So I would just encourage people to to do that because I know that just that little action or that little bit of someone doing that or checking in on your friends or that is that has stopped me from doing that, you know, numerous amounts of times. Yeah, that's such a great message. I did want to ask one more thing about the harm. Do you think that this secret has kept you disconnected from your partner sometimes? Like, do you feel like it it puts a wall between you guys, you know, your current partner? Um, I don't really, I mean, our relationship is just absolutely based on honesty and love and compassion. And so I don't think there's anything that like, I, we don't share or that there's a wall and and it's because of her, like her undevoted, unconditional, like just absolute, I take you as you are. Um, I hope that people find that person in their life because I didn't, I honestly didn't know that existed, that someone would be that unconditional with like 
you're not broken. You're beautiful. I'm not blinking an eye at the stuff that you do. Like, let's figure it out together. So because of that, I don't think there is um, any sort of a barrier between us. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, it's like, they love you with your flaws and all, you know, that, that makes them love you even more. Like it's, that's what's so, so beautiful is that they love you even more with your flaws. Yeah. Cause I love the, the people I love the most in my life are the ones that have been through the darkest and darkest moments and they've come to the other side. There's something about that survival that just inspires me. Like you're talking right now and I seriously have chills. Like <laughs> it just like gives me this hope that no matter how dark you get, there's always a way on the other side and to find love and yeah. connection and someone that is going to accept you for all you've done in the past, you know? I absolutely agree. And there are, there are those people out there. And I, I absolutely agree that there are people that care about everyone. I mean, if you're a good person and you put that out there, I truly think that that's what comes back to you is goodness. And the thing, the bad things you've done in the past do not define who you are. I mean, if they did, I would like be living in a gutter. Cause Oh, I would probably be dead. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Karma would have got me a long time. Ago. I'm right there with you, a thousand percent. <laughs> so, how are you going to move forward? How are you going to move forward with getting through this secret? You know, getting on the other side of it. Uh, I mean, I think just this conversation and opening up to you and the few other people that I've that I have brought this up. This the response that I'm getting isn't shameful. It isn't it isn't something to be scared of because people that do truly love you and care about you, they'll open up to you as well and tell you the things that they're going through and how they deal with things. And I'm, I'm just learning that. I mean, you know, I'm middle-aged and, and completely learning that like, I mean, I learn stuff every day, but just, I, I truly am just learning that like everyone is going through with stuff. And if someone loves you, they love you. They don't, this is nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think just continuing to have those conversations and being honest like I get sad and sometimes I'm going to need you like, um, and that's okay. It's okay to, to need people and to lean on people and to ask for help and to get through stuff together. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing this. And I also, I'm going to put on this particular episode, I'll put a link to groups that people can reach out to numbers they can call because when you're not when you realize you're not alone there's it just lets go of all that shame or all that you know self-hatred we feel and so i really hope you know as talking to you you maybe think about you know calling in and getting a support group because no matter what your partner says or how much people love you it it's makes the world of difference when you're not alone. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I thank you for letting people share their truth because it's a scary thing. I mean, it's, it's so scary. And to know that you're doing this with other people who are telling their secrets, I just think it's incredibly powerful. And um, I think it's something you should be really proud of. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely.
Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for listening. This is Secret Life Podcast with Brianne Davis-Gant. If you want to be on the show and you have a past secret that you've already moved through and on the other side or a present one that you're still holding, please message me below. I would love to have you on or email me at secretlifepodcast at icloud.com. And until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you'd like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.